here's the snap, four-man rush, firing downfield, and got a man, rock and roll, touchdown, Texans! Game day is every day. Yeah, nice ball, nice ball. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. There's a sack. Wow, he's bringing down the cornerback. Now, it's Texans All Access. Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday. Just wrapped up an hour with Kamu Grugier-Hill. Mark, as soon as, as soon as Kamu Grugier-Hill finished up the hour, Mark looked at me and said, he is just a regular guy. He's a regular he's guy. He's a regular guy. I'm like, yes, he is. He he's is a, a regular, regular guy. guy. He's so much fun. Uh, he's so open. You're just talking to a regular guy right there. Not that the other guys aren't regular guys, but they have this sort of professional athlete aura about them. And, look, it's going to sound like an insult to Kamu if I say he doesn't have the aura. He has an aura, too, okay? But he's got a great sense of humor. Oh, not that they don't. Jeez, I'm just getting myself in all sorts of <laughs> trouble here. You heard him. He's great. So it was a fun visit. I think he's got a very chill vibe. Maybe that's just yeah. from being like living on an island, Hawaii. He's just real mm-hmm. laid back. But you're right. He's just really forthcoming and open. And he's, it's like we were just having a conversation for an hour. I felt that way in training camp, too. And in training camp, it's it's really hard to give a good interview because it's so hot. Everybody's been, tired. Everyone's tired. You, I mean, we're tired just watching it. I can't imagine what those guys feel like coming mm-hmm. off the practice squad. And you're asking them about what it's like playing in this defense. And I thought he was great then in just the the quick interview I had with him in camp. So mm-hmm. um, I, he, there's a lot to get to know with him. He's got, he crosses over with a lot of different players. I think it's cool that we had him right before Colts week because mm-hmm. Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, and he knows a lot of those guys on the Colts squad. And he's, he said he stayed up and watched that game, all of it. Well, you got to watch uh, the My Football Story. It's on yes. HoustonTexans.com of Kamu Grugier-Hill. Tyler Sutterworth put it together. It's awesome. And we mentioned it during the show with him. And you get to know him. You just get to know him really well. And then you listen to our interview, which will be, at this point, on the app. All right? So that's cool, too. But don't listen to it until later. And you'll be <laughs> fully indoctrinated into the world of Kamu Grouchet Hill. That's right. You'll get to know everything about him. All right. Uh, well, let's get into some hot reads. The Texans, they have back-to-back road games, starting with another divisional game, this time against the Colts. And uh, Davis Mills is coming off his best performance yet. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, 313 passing yards, 141.7 passer rating. Head coach David Cauley said yesterday that Mills' number one priority was to protect the ball, which he did. But offensively, they wanted to give him some throws on the outside, which he did and felt very comfortable doing. So good things that we saw out of Davis on Sunday, mm-hmm. unfortunately, was not a win. But what a bounce-back performance after that game at Buffalo. I mean, that's really what you wanted to see after throwing four interceptions to see him come back and have a strong performance. And, and he did. It was yeah. his best one yet. And we talked about it last week. You see some of these rookies, there's a tremendous ebb and flow. It's a roller coaster ride. One week, really good. The next week, maybe not so good. Last week, we were talking about how the rookies looked a lot better. The rookies. It's like that old TV show with Kate Jackson way before your time, in the 70s. Anyway, it was about rookie police officers. But the rookies, this quarterback class, and how they do every week. And in week four, they looked pretty good, except for Mills, who did not look good at Buffalo. But you had Trevor Lawrence playing a whole lot better. You had, look, Mac Jones played well against Tampa in the loss. Fields looked a little bit better. Everyone was starting to look a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson got a win. Well, this past week, Wilson didn't look quite as good. Uh, Lawrence obviously didn't look quite as good. But then you have Davis Mills with a huge bounce back, huge spike for Davis Mills. In fact, 
300-plus yards, three touchdowns, 140 quarterback rating. That's the most for a rookie in the history of the NFL when you go across the board with those three because he didn't turn it over. That's why the rating was so high, and that makes it a record performance for him in a loss, Deepy. And I think that when you also note this, look at all the quarterback performances, including Brady, against the Patriots this year. Mills, by far, had the best numbers of everybody playing the Patriots. Now it's only five guys. But still... For the rookie to have that after what he did the week before, I thought was highly notable. All right, how about this stat? Mm-hmm. He also became the second rookie quarterback since the 2000 season to post a perfect 158.3 passer rating on third and fourth down with a minimum of 10 attempts. He finished the game 12 of 13 for 209 yards and two touchdowns on those plays. I'm thinking about that one. What was it, a third and 15 where they got 14 yards to cooks and mm-hmm. there were a couple of others where he gets the completion but they don't get the first down and that they helps just, that rating right. stat that you just read and i'm thinking geez so close yet so far but you know what look you didn't get the win and we all want the win but that's a big silver lining there with davis mills if you do nothing else this season you need to find out who davis mills is for your future for the future of this football team Is he a franchise guy? Look, you might not be able to answer all those questions this year, but you want to go a long way toward answering those questions. So you're finding out. He's getting experience. This is going to be really good for the future, and let's hope it's really good for the immediate future on Sunday at Indy. 6 of 14 on third down against the Patriots, but I'm looking at the first half stats. Third down efficiency was 5 of 9, so 55.6%. I mean, I think that first half, that that opening drive, Mark, mm. I just thought if they could have another drive like that, well, the, well, the game would be did. over. Yeah, I mean, it, it flipped. And that's the game. It flipped because right. at halftime, the Texans had this big eight-plus-minute time of possession advantage. In the second half, by the time the game was done, they had a deficit for the entire game. Mm. Because the Patriots dominated the second half that much. They held the ball. They held all the cards. So, look, you have to find a way. We talked about it with Kamu. you got to find a way to get off the field, to make these stops, and to play better as a unit, as a whole team in the second half. The defense on the field too much in the second half. The offense unable to hold the ball enough in the second half. And the second halves, particularly the fourth quarters, have just not gone well for the Texans. No, they they certainly haven't. And, you know, I, I know we'll get into the Colts and the Ravens game a little bit later. Mm-hmm. A lot of similarities in the way they lost. Granted, theirs went into overtime. I wanna, I was like, would this be a worse way to lose than the way the Texans lost yes. to the Patriots? Yes. It seems like it would be. Way worse. Uh, because they were they were up until the fourth quarter. So we'll get into that. But They were up, and they, was, had a, they had a kick to win it. And the Texans had a kick to go up 10, and that would have been this nice. This is also true. But they had a kick to end the game. A couple, right? They had, a, they had two They had two such. They had one that was blocked, and mm-hmm. then they had the missed field goal. Right. The the out-and-out out miss. Mm-hmm. And how about Calais Campbell with the block? We've seen his work before as a Jacksonville Jaguar. Ouch. That hurt a lot. Yeah. All right. So what It is- hurt a lot for them. Actually, you know, I wasn't shedding any tears for the Colts <laughs> last night. You, you hate them like poison, as we well know. But so. I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, do we want them fat and happy for Sunday? But I can't root for them. So, you know what, DP? I have no control over this stuff anyway. Just let the chips fall where they may. It doesn't matter. But you know what? I like that it went into overtime on a, mon- on a Monday night because that yes. makes their short week even shorter. I yes. mean, they played a lot of football late into the night. And then how demoralizing. It's an away game. you got to fly back after a loss like that. It's hard to bounce back after games like that. I know teams do it, but I would hate to be in that. 
position. Yep. You don't get sleep that night, right? Right. You're getting it at four or five, whatever it is. We've been through those situations. You don't get sleep. You have you do play at home, which is nice. At least they don't have to travel twice. But eh, we'll see. You know, I think that they should be fired up. They're back in the division. They know they played better. They just didn't close it out. And by just didn't close it out, they allowed, what was it, like four consecutive touchdown drives that were beefy touchdown drives. And two-point two conversions, successful ones. Were you watching end. that thinking, all right, so it's Lamar Jackson. He's very different from Davis Mills, clearly. But was there some stuff that Texans can do? He threw underneath a lot. There were some wide-open areas on the shallow crosses, the checkdowns. And I'm thinking, geez, if that kind of easy money is there for the Texans, you got to cash in. Yeah, I think the big plays, right, the, the, like the blocked field goal, you just have to have big momentum-shifting plays like that in a game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Texans could have those with their takeaways, but Carson Wentz doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He, he, he's had two fumbles this year. He coughs it up that way. you got to get to him in the backfield. So you gotta, you got to cause him to fumble. Yes. That's got to be fumbles. your MO. I'll take the fumbles. Take Thank the you. fumbles. Sure. All right. Well, what does this mean for Tyrod Taylor and his return? He is eligible to come off IR now that he's missed three games. Those are the new IR rules where players miss three games. They mm -hmm. can come back. The practice window's open. You've got 21 days to decide whether or not to put them on the 53-man roster or not. Well, the Texans quarterback, he suffered the hamstring injury in the first half at Cleveland. He could come back to face the Colts in week six. David Cauley was asked about it yesterday, and Cauley said, quote, I don't think so. Not really sure yet. So, Mark, I, we're going to bring back the um, <laughs> the coaching translator, okay. which we haven't really had to use with David nope. Culley. I feel like he's pretty straightforward. This seems like a no to me. Yeah, it sounds like – hang on. Let me put it through the translator. <laughs> it's a no. It's a, it's a no. no. Well, here here's – listen, they don't ask me these things, but here's how I look at it, right? You have to – have Tarod Taylor be 100% with that hamstring before bringing him back. Because right now, and look, we might have felt differently if Davis Mills did not play well this past Sunday. If he had another performance similar to the Buffalo game, if the whole offense did, you'd say, listen, Tarod, ice, ice up the hammy. Wrap it up. <laughs> we got to get you out here. But the situation being what it is, listen, be 100%. Let's play Davis one more time at least. See how it goes in Indy. And we'll go from there. Look, I know that you're way below 500 right now. You're three games underwater right now. And you go four, and it's just not going to happen, right? So, and look, the Colts came back from one and five to win the division. No, to earn a wild card spot. The Texans won the division in 2018. The Colts beat the Texans here in a playoff That's game. Right. You can never count on that kind of thing. That's historic stuff. But I would like to see Mills again. And like I said earlier, you want to see what you have. I would love to see Terod back as well, as long as he's completely healthy, because a big part of his game is also being able to not just run, run with the football, but be mobile behind the line of scrimmage and create opportunities that way by moving the pocket and such. Yeah, I, you know, you bring up a good point, because I was wondering the same thing. I thought if Tyrod, if uh, Davis Mills had had a bad performance on Sunday against New England, would that increase the odds for rushing, not rushing, but bringing Tyrod Taylor back? Or does that afford them another week to sort of decide, wait and see and decide? I think Mills having the the type of game that he had, that you know the game was so close, and every week he gets mm -hmm. better. So they just hope that they can continue to build on what he's doing so far. It's only three starts. He's it's, only started three games in his career. It's it's only three starts, but you know it's just such a big game. The, it's another divisional game. It is. It is, and you have to. And look, on the you road, don't, you don't get this one. Guess what's up next? Arizona five and zero oh, mm. at their place. 
Then you come home to play the Rams. Rams at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Dolphins and then bye, right? So, look, you got to get this one. It's I hate to say must, but if you're really if you're going to be able to turn around this thing and and eke toward 500 or above, there's no 500 in a 17 game season. I get it. You got to win this one here on Sunday. I hate to put that on them so early in the season, but look, you you I hate to say gave one up as well, but you did against the New England Patriots. They'll be the first to tell you that. So you got to get one back here on Sunday. And I was hoping they'd win against the Patriots and be able to build momentum with a victory against Indy. Look, we'll see. I like what I see in Davis Mills, and I want to see more because I don't know what the ceiling is. You know what I mean? With Terod, I think Terod's a a capable quarterback and probably deserves a starting job in this league, judging judging by looking at what else is out there on some of the teams. But, DP, Davis Mills, you don't know how good he can be. We don't know what the full potential is, and maybe we won't find out this year. But as long as we get toward that and he keeps getting better, hey, who knows what you got? Well, if he continues to play like this, it is exciting to watch him. You know, I think the first few starts were it, it, he was he was okay. He didn't you know he didn't play poorly, but it was just sort of tough to watch. Whereas I think we we're used to seeing Tyrod Taylor just sort of go out there, operate the offense. He knows what's going on. He's so smooth. You know, and he was he was also a lot of fun to watch. I don't know if I'd seen the ceiling on Tyrod Taylor. We've seen him with so many other teams, but we just I had not That's seen him point. with this team. And mm-hmm. I was excited for what potential he brought, especially because mm-hmm. you win the first game against Jacksonville. You're tied at halftime at Cleveland, a, a game that everyone thought you would, wouldn't even be a part of. And then he just sort of left on a high note. That was mm-hmm. the problem. Like when you leave on a high note, then it leaves you wanting more. Right. It's like a show ending on a cliffhanger, Mark. If I he, hate that. I hate it when shows end on cliffhangers like that. I don't know much about hamstrings, but if this is going to be four weeks in a row without playing as he tries to heal that hammy, you're wondering, is there a setback that occurred? Was it way worse than we originally thought? You know, he wanted to play in the second half against Cleveland, and da- uh, David Culley said, I didn't see that look in his eyes I needed to see or whatever he said about that. And then you're thinking, well, maybe he wanted to play last week. But Really? Was he even capable of playing? So if he's not coming back this week, coming off IR, you're wondering how bad is that hamstring? I don't, you know, I just don't think it's, I think he's close, Mark. I mean, I feel he's like I've, be close. I've seen hope. him, I've seen him around the building. You know, you can just mm. sort of tell guys' demeanor. Hamstrings are tough, though. Guys they, can walk around. Dr. Like, Vandermeer feel, <laughs> cannot judge. I feel great walking in the service level. I feel uh, like I could, <laughs> I could judge knee injuries just by watching them, like, walk around. <laughs> More than I can a hamstring. There's just something about a hamstring that's tough. Well, I think and that's- look, Amendola, right? They trade right. Anthony or they release Anthony Miller, who's on the practice squad of the Steelers right now. How about that? Oh, so they release funny. Anthony Miller, and so we all assume Danny Amendola's playing, and he's not. But guess what? Chris Moore is, and he's going to go for over a hundy. That was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Coming off the practice squad, Chris Moore coming into the game, I know he wished he had that that other touchdown in the back of the end zone, but he had like career highs and everything. I asked him about it after the game in the press conference. Just, I think it's, I'm, I'm so impressed with guys like that because you don't get first team reps all week, especially as a receiver. And then to come in and his chemistry, I mean, he was five of five. He caught pretty much everything thrown his way, um, you know, early on in the game. And then he was over, he was over a hundred yards in the touchdown. So I, I, 
I just he said that you know he, they made the most of what they had and he had been able to work on. He said we had a feeling that I might be able to go this week, right. so he had a little bit more time. But I don't. I mean, that's still not the same as if you're with the ones practicing with the ones during the week. Yeah, uh, that looked good. The catch he had for the 67-yard touchdown. That was a throw that a lot of quarterbacks don't make. You take a risk. There's some coverage there, but Moore won the fight, and he ran it into the end zone. And I want to see a little bit more of that. Please don't turn it over. But it's okay. <laughs> it's the no-risk-it-no-biscuit thing. You can't make a play like that unless you're willing to risk what's going to happen with the defender because you can't know that Chris Moore is going to snag that sucker out of the air when you release the football. The whole situation looks completely different when you threw it as opposed to when he caught it. All right. The O-line, though, has also seen its share of injuries. Oh boy. Marcus Cannon was placed on IR this past Saturday. Mm. That paved the way for Charlie Heck to get his first start of the 2021 season. David Culley said he hopes, quote, that Cannon can return this season. He says he could have played against the Patriots, but they wanted to have him healthy for the duration of the season. So they placed him on IR. So that means Cannon has to miss two more games before they can bring him back. And as far as Laramie Tunsil, we saw him leave the game, go into the medical tent. He had a thumb injury. No word on whether or not he will miss an extended period of time with that injury. So, ugh, the O-line, which was so healthy up until now. Right. Two, two tackles that you got to look for. Well, the other part of this is you really didn't play as great as you wanted to on the O-line. Pass protection has been a lot better than run blocking, right? Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't working really well. You ran it a little bit better this week, but it wasn't nearly good enough for what they want to do, which is run over 100 yards a game as a team, minimum. But you're, you said it. These tackles, Charlie Heck, Jaron Christian, they're out there, and those are the guys we saw in the preseason, and they were actually playing pretty well in the preseason. Now it's the preseason. But those are the guys who got the bulk of the action. So maybe they can do the job for you here. If Laramie can't go on Sunday, Jaron Christian goes at tackle, unless they completely change things around. We're going to run uh, – it's possible. Charlie Heck at left tackle. Maybe they move Titus, Titus back to right tackle and slide somebody else in at guard. I don't think they will, but it's always a possibility. But, you know, Charlie Heck was actually – I feel like Charlie Heck was supposed to be our starting right tackle before week one, and then he got COVID. Now, Marcus Cannon was ready to come back. Would they have rushed him back if Charlie Heck was good to go? Would they have waited another week for Marcus Cannon? Or did they bring Marcus Cannon? Because you know what? Marcus Cannon, those first few weeks, did not play – 100% of the snaps every mm -hmm. game. Remember, they were, he, rotating. They, were, they were sort of working him back up to 100%. Yeah. So I think it was going to be Charlie Heck's starting job when the season started, but he got COVID. It was just bad timing on his part. But he got all those reps in the preseason. I don't know. I think, well, the way the offseason was designed, Cannon would have to be the guy. But if, but if he wasn't 100% ready, or maybe, yeah. they, maybe they rotate him with Heck. Maybe that was the plan. Maybe, or they're just thinking, look, we got to get Cannon ramped up and see if he can play to the level that he had before, right? He opted out last year. It's been a while. Three-time Super Bowl champ. Does he still have all that ability? Or is it more like winding down for him in his career? I don't know. Uh, but they got a long look so far, but now he's on IR. So it's going to be Heck, and we'll see what Charlie can do. We'll, well see what the heck he can do. Can Boy, that's so <laughs> I think they liked what they saw out of him because that's all we heard throughout training camp and the offseason mm -hmm. was that he was the most improved player. David Cole was so impressed with how much improvement he showed from year one to year two. There, he's the model. You know, he was in here in January. Uh, they all got here when, you know, the new employees came in, like Nick Casario, David Culley, 
They were impressed with Heck being in here, working out, working on his body, getting ready for year number two. Uh, then you look at that 2020 rookie class. Grenard started to pay some dividends. Ross Blacklock, well, went on COVID, but mm-hmm. before that, starting to look much better. You know, you started to get some things out of those guys. Let's see if they can keep that going. Yeah, and Jaron Christian, I think him getting all those snaps in preseason, he he did he did all right for preseason. I thought, I mean, nothing. There was nothing that jumped out that he wouldn't be able to start at left tackle. And of course, you've got Laramie Tunsil, who's the two-time Pro Bowler. Right. You certainly hope he doesn't miss any time. Well, and look, Laramie after extended they, time after instance. they played Cleveland, Brian Baldinger did a breakdown, and every once in a while he does one of these things, and he did one on Laramie handling Miles Garrett, and Laramie handled Miles Garrett. And since then, Miles Garrett has just terrorized people. You know, there was there was one shot, and I don't know if it was by accident or whatever, but they had a shot of three guys on Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. and of course, Twitter blew up. So Laramie to do what he did against him just shows you a little bit of what Laramie's capable of. Really cool stuff. So let's hope he can get back in the fold soon. I like that Tim Kelly called a lot more of the uh, the wild Ingram. And yeah. there was some a little bit more of the misdirections, which yeah. I feel like we had not seen when Davis Mills got into the the lineup. And I and I had wondered if that was part of that was just because it was Davis Mills, and you're sort of, you know, they 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 kept the playbook a little bit smaller, a little mm-hmm. less complicated. And now they're doing a little bit more of that. And I wonder if the injuries on the O line makes make the direct snap a, a, a bigger part of the offense. Maybe it should be. Look, what I didn't like was the Patriots running the Wild Harris with <laughs> with Harris getting into the end Copycats. zone on one of those. And then the wild Bolden, Brandon Bolden, when they had second and 10 at the Houston 42 on that ill-fated drive where they picked up the first down after third and 18. Then their second and 10 at the Houston 42 and Bolden direct snap runs around the left side into the red zone. And that's it basically, right? They get one more first and goal and then the game's over. So uh, that, that really bothered me. So maybe the Texans should continue to use the wild Ingram and run stuff off that. I liked in the first game against Jacksonville, he handed off to Lindsay, ran it in for a touchdown. Maybe you can find a way to, you know, do some more trickeration off that. We'll see how they handle it. I mean, I, Ingram is so handy, you know, yeah. not only as a tough runner, but as a guy who, you know, ran you that flea flicker play. You know, he sold that well, flicked it back to Davis Mills, who hit Conley for the touchdown. That was cool stuff. Was it? I think you had Davis Mills on the Monday show. Yeah, we did. The Monday morning show, and he was talking about that play where he thought Ingram wasn't, yeah, wasn't going to be able him. to find. What did he? What was the the other alternative? Was he was just going to keep it? He was it? just going to run. Yeah, he thought he might have seen something he liked on the running play, and he wasn't going to flick it back. But he turned around and gave it back to Mills, who found Conley. It was cool. I mean, Conley, nice catch. You know, not full balance there. He had to reach out for it. So. That all worked out for the Texans at the time. And at the time, 22-9 to after the extra point, I thought, I didn't think it was a win necessarily. I knew you had a long way to go, but I was thinking they were looking good because the defense was starting to heat up, and I Mm -hmm. liked that. I wonder, the next time you get David Culley, you should ask him, how many guys would you trust in a situation like that? To throw or catch or whatever? Both. Everything? Both. Like everything they've asked Ingram to do. Now, I know the run game is not where they want it to be, but they still seem to – he's still the guy that they want to mm-hmm. run with. But everything else that they've done with Ingram, is that just a function of who he is? Yeah, I think so. They and, do trust him. And, you know, that's a great question. It's a loaded question because here they are with Mills, a rookie quarterback <laughs> coming off a bad game, and they're like, you know what, we're going to run the flea flicker. We trust you to do this. No problem. That's a little stressful and for it, a rookie, I would imagine. I see a lot of flea flickers that do not work out, where somebody's going to throw the ball, not for a pick necessarily, but it's just going to be minimal yardage or it won't be caught or whatever. The guy's covered downfield because the DB didn't bite. 
Look, he saw it, got it. Mills is so calm. What do you think of that, though? His demeanor. You know, he's Pete Sampras. He's Tim Duncan. I hope he's Tim Duncan. I hope he's Pete Sampras, too, by the way. I would be freaking out on the inside. When when he told you guys that he was thinking that Ingram didn't have, wasn't going to be able to throw it back to him, and he was just happy that he was able to complete Mm -hmm. the play. I wanted to, I would have asked him, like, okay, so, but on the inside, like, mm-hmm. deep down inside, were you, do you freak out deep, deep, deep down on the inside? Yeah, what were your feelings? Deep, deep, deep. deep, like, deep like, you think I, you had time to really process? <laughs> how am I feeling? Because I'm right an, now? Al- I freak out outwardly. And so I'm always impressed with people that can just sort of put a curtain over it and be completely calm because I'm like, but underneath are you freaking out or or are you really able to be that calm? Yeah, I don't know. I'm if, impressed with that. I think he's so mathematical in the way he plays you know not that he doesn't have some kind of artistry where he rolls out and creates but i don't know i just think he sees things very sort of straightforward he seems like a super smart guy hopefully apparently the tough plays don't get to him they really don't the coaches have said that from the get-go bad practice at training camp bounces back with a good practice bad game bounces back with a good game let's see if he can continue to do that yeah i certainly remember that in training camp everybody reporting how many interceptions he had in that one practice it was just practice i know they were freaking out because (laughs) what tarod wasn't there that day and he got all the starters reps and in the red zone threw a bunch of picks and and everyone was was freaking out and it was it was red zone work which i mean there's it's it's hard it's hard anyway and then it was his first day of full reps all right we're going to take a break when we come back what's the next step for davis mills and i'm going to get mark's thoughts on all of the similarities between that Colts loss and the Texans loss on Sunday, plus a debate we had last week. There's a slight development in that. That's all coming up on Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. Hi, I'm Sandy Johnson, the CEO of Barrios Technology and one of the original founders of the company. Our first contract was to support the space shuttle program, and we're just now getting into the commercial space industry as well. We started our relationship with Amogee Bank 10 years ago. They have dug in and gotten to understand our business. I trust them, they trust us, and they're confident in us and our ability to grow the business. That's my family, my business, and my bank. Amogee Bank, Zions Bank Corporation, and a member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Keep up with the Houston Texans everywhere you go. Download the Texans mobile app. Welcome back to Texans All Access. We are discussing week six Texans at Indianapolis. Mark hates Indianapolis like poison. And uh, so does everyone else around here, I feel like. It's a divisional game. Not the city. I like the city. You like the Seth Payne hates Indiana, the entire state. And I've texted into Sean and Seth because they just talk about how people from Indiana don't have brain cells. I mean, I think it's a whole joke that he does. Right. And then how they don't know anybody from Indiana. And I'm, you know, I'm like, guys, I was born in Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. can we just, just, you know, they don't care. Well, look. Oh, they, they do acknowledge that I am the exception, but. Sean went to Notre Dame, but that's South Bend. Went, and it's very different from Indianapolis, it's right? It's super different. Such a different part of the state when you're talking about South Bend. That's up north. That's near Chicago. That's near the lake, right? It's a college town. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been in South Bend. I've been there, and it's very different. I've been to Purdue. I've never mm-hmm. been to Bloomington for some reason. I've been to Muncie because I was in the MAC, so I did games at Ball, Ball State, State. Mm-hmm. actually, when they were really good in I the had, 90s. I had radio competitions at Ball State. It's a great— Radio competition. It's a, In high school, it's a great broadcasting school, but also was rated the number one party school. 
Ball State? Ball State when I was in high school, yeah. I guess doing broadcasting is super easy, so people were partying all the time. Maybe. Yeah. Indiana University is a very nice university. I've also been to Fort Wayne to watch a volleyball Final Four. Don't ask. But I did. (laughs) Because Indiana-Purdue Fort Wayne... Yes. There's Indiana Purdue Indianapolis, Indianapolis. which is Ooey Pooey. And then there's Ooey Pooey FW. Yeah, FW, <laughs> which sounds like a really bad acronym. But I watched the volleyball final four there. And look, when we were there for the combine a lot, I would go, or for the Super Bowl too, I would go down to um, Ooey Pooey's rec center and play basketball. And they have the old Market Square Arena floor mm-hmm. right there in their rec center, which is so cool. I mean, Reggie Miller and. Uh, who, Rick like, Smith. Who else? No, Rick Smith, the Davis the brothers. The Flying Dutchman. Yeah, you of course. Know, you should know guys. your fellow Dutchman. And I was blanking out on Rick Smith's. Rick Smith's, yes. And like uh, and then the natatorium, Olympics trials that they hold there downtown. So, And headquarters of the NCAA. Lots of things happening in, in yes. Indianapolis. Yes, I, I credit Indianapolis as a city because it's Indianapolis. There's nothing there. <laughs> Yet the founding fathers or whoever, over time, they're like, you know what? We have this racetrack. We're going to have a big race here, and then they're deciding to, I don't know, make downtown an event center, connect it through tunnels, and host the combine, and attract events that way, and Big Ten competitions, and Final Fours, and they've done a heck of a job there. They had a Super Bowl. They had a Super Bowl in downtown Indianapolis. Yeah, I think they're going to have a college championship, national championship coming up. Well, they should. They should. It's a great event town. It really is. There's not much else to do there, but it's a great event uh, But but you know what? I'm going to miss when the Combine moves from there because it is a lot of fun to go there for the Combine. All right, next step for Davis Mills besides, well, he's not going to be doing any sightseeing in Indianapolis as he heads up there for his uh, second road start uh, of the year. So the next step for Davis Mills, David Culley was asked about it uh, in his press conference on Monday, and he wants to see – him get into the end zone more and he referenced a drive in the second quarter where the texans were at the new england two-yard line and, and couldn't then get in. and couldn't get in false start false start also back-to-back sacks in mm-hmm. that drive i don't know if they were back-to-back but they were with either within a play or two of each other that he took that really that knocked him out of uh, of, of scoring range well he also hit chris moore in the back of the end zone and it was a drop right so there was an opportunity there they didn't get it I think that over time, which Mil- doesn't count as a drop for Chris Moore, by the way, I'm looking at his. Well, his maybe, five five. maybe, uh, you know, wasn't a, a clean Perfect drop or whatever. Look, throw. from where I was, and I, I forgot to look at a replay of that, but it looked like, you know, some people thought he caught it, you know, just by glancing, um, but he didn't. And so let's not call it a drop and put that on him. A missed opportunity, put it that way. Could have, would have, should have, whatever, and it didn't happen. He'll get better at that. He'll get better. But now you're on the road again. You see, you're at home, nice and quiet when you're on offense mm-hmm. for the most part. I know there were a bunch of Patriots fans there. But now you're at Lucas Oil Stadium. That is not the home field advantage for the Colts that the RCA Dome was. But their fans know, like, this is a last house on the left game for both teams. So who wants to go to 1-5? Nobody. It's going to be a hotly contested affair. And we've been in this situation with them before. When the Texans were 0-3, right, and the Colts were whatever they were, and that was the first that win the that first year in 2018 win. for the Texans, and the game went deep into overtime. They won it at the overtime buzzer. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get that this week, but these teams are both aching for a victory. It doesn't matter what the record is. It seems like every time we play in Indianapolis, it is one of those games. It's a game for the division. Yeah. And even now it's a game for the division at one and four. Just to stay which alive. Is, which is a crazy It's a crazy notion that they're both one and four. I can't stand the Titans. 
<laughs> Still bothered that they beat Seattle at Seattle. How a dare they? Win. Yes, awful. How about Carson Wentz? We talk about Davis Mills numbers. Carson Wentz had a career high passing yardage, 402 yards. Mm-hmm. Career high passer rating, 128.5. Career high yards per attempt, 11.49. Still loses the game. Yeah, and it's not, I hate to say it's not all his fault, but it's kind of true, right? The kicker misses what he did. The defense completely folds. But they were on the field a ton in that fourth quarter. The I defense? Mean, I thought I thought the defense started mm. off okay, but then, you know, they that, did. that fourth quarter, just the, the unraveling was, well, I mean, all it was mind Guys are running free every play, and Lamar Jackson didn't have to scramble as much as you might think when you look at the kind of comeback they had last night. It was mostly... Like I said, check downs, shallow cross stuff, and just hit the open man. And occasionally I'm going to run with it or I'm going to roll out and find somebody. Yeah, I will go deep on occasion. But for the most part, the bread and butter of those drives were like seven, eight-yard passes Mm -hmm. and maybe a little yak. Yeah, 16 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. That's what the Ravens scored for it to go into overtime. And you think that's a – I do agree with you. That's a worse loss. Then that Texan, the the Texans were up against the Patriots, mm-hmm. and you felt like the game was in hand, but the Colts were had a lead for longer before things really. And then and th- they also had kicks that were missed, like you said. They had the mm-hmm. blocked field goal. I mean, the Texans had the blocked punt, and then the missed extra point, missed field goal. It's I feel the similarities are rather astonishing. It it really is interesting when you look at it that way, and then you look at the record, and it's the same. The same record. And you look at, we've got our high-priced, if you will, quarterback Carson Wentz, if you're the Colts, Mm -hmm. playing, and he's over the sprained ankles, I guess, which (laughs) still sounds like the weirdest injury. He looked fine. Yeah, he looked fine for the most part, and he played well, like you pointed out. But you're going up against Lamar Jackson, former MVP. You know, that's a pretty high-profile quarterback matchup right there. you got Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson. And you're unable to get over the hump after having that big lead at their place. And for much of the game, Lamar fumbles again. It just doesn't look good, but you lose like that. I hate to measure pain, DP, because they're both painful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But But you will. The the good thing for the Colts is that they're at home, but it's a bad thing because it's a short week, like you pointed out in the first segment. Texans have a lot of days to get ready for this one. And we were talking with Kamu Grugier-Hill, and I introduced him to – the Colts being a, a tremendous nemesis he, of this team. You don't think he knew being in the, the same division? I think uh, I think he knew that, uh, well, he knows it's a divisional opponent, but he doesn't know the history with the Colts. He doesn't know that you Comment, hate them did the you most. know that in 2006, Chris <laughs> Brown on Christmas Eve hit a field goal to enable us to beat the Colts for the first time ever, and then we would not beat them again until opening day on 2010. How about the way that the Texans lost to the Colts the last time they played? Where both times, where both times were heartbreakers. You had a fumble by Kiki in one of the games. You had the fumbled snap, the Nick in, Martin fumbled snap yeah. on the on the on the comeback touchdown yeah. drive. Both games were lost at the moment of truth due to turnovers by the Texans. It was that kind of year. Look, we've talked about that. That year, you had those two losses. You had both Tennessee losses, which were at the wire. One was in overtime. Another one was with the field goal doinking off the upright. And then the other upright then going in. What was that? That was weird. Uh, That was too bad. Too bad, so sad. It's (laughs) over. Now we're here. 
Too bad, so sad. And uh, but you know what? I I think that if the Colts had won that game up at Baltimore, that would have that could have shifted that could have turned their entire season around. I mean, that would have been the biggest win, obviously they've had. The other win they had was against Miami a few weeks back. But if they could beat Baltimore up in Baltimore and dominate the way they did, and then here come the Texans to play them at home, it would have been a very different Colts team. I feel like this Colts team. I know you talk about fat and happy, but I feel like. It's demoralizing to lose mm-hmm. like that, and it's demoralizing losing to go all the way into overtime. I'd much rather lose in regulation than to lose in overtime. I don't know if the pl- this is a question for the players next time we have a player show. Well, you do all after that extra win, work after a win. I would say, w- 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 is it better to do it in regulation, or I think it's probably better a for them. A win, any which way it takes. Any which way it takes, but I'm sure they would rather do both in regulation. They probably sure. never want to go into overtime. It's just sure. extra wear and tear on your body. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I've got that update on uh, a debate that Mark and I had last week, plus more international games coming your way. It's one final segment of Texans All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Your favorite team is all over social media. Give the Houston Texans a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or TikTok. One final segment of Texans All Access. All right, last week, Mark and I had a very heated debate about the Ravens and their streak of rushing games. They... Uh, John Harbaugh and Vic Fangio were having a, a back and, a little back and forth, right, mm-hmm. about uh, John Harbaugh wanting to, instead of kneel at the end of the game in victory formation, to try to run the ball because they were tr- they were so close. They were just like a few yards away from 100 right. yards, and they from had – keeping that record going. From keeping that record going. Mm-hmm. It was like a three-year record of mm-hmm. 100-yard rushing games, which in itself is pretty astonishing. Mark, you took the side of no, they should have just – done the victory yeah. formation. If you the respect the record, then respect the record and not get it in a cheapy sort of way. I think the record, there's no asterisks as mm-hmm. to how the record is achieved. And if you respect history and the history books, you would have said, okay, I understand why you need that record. It is on us to not put us in that position at the end of the game where we want the opposing team to end it in victory formation. You're basically asking them to give you a gimme because you know you've lost the game. I didn't like that at all. However, um, in the win last night, mm-hmm. the streak ended. It did. So Lamar Jackson, <laughs> he threw for so many yards, but uh, they didn't have a 100-yard rushing performance. What did so he throw? Four touchdowns, well over 400 yards. Looked ridiculously good. More than 400 yards. He completed 85% of his passes. He had 335 passing yards in just the second half mm-hmm. in overtime. 
that's more than they say he had had in any other regular season game. I so like. I, is this, doesn't that seem? I mean, I'm surprised that he's never eclipsed 335 passing yards in a game. I'm not that surprised because he runs for so much and he does throw it well, right? And for a high rating very often, but he hasn't thrown for this many yards. This was a ton of yards. This was a boatload of yards. I saw the graphic last night. It was well over 300 after halftime. After halftime. So the game completely changed. Man, we always talk about having to play 60 minutes. What were we talking about a couple of segments ago? You got to finish these games, Texans. You got to play better in the second half, better in the fourth quarter. Haven't done that. The Ravens, by the way, with those black socks and black shoes with a lot of the guys, that looks so fast. The Miami Hurricanes <laughs> used to sometimes do that, and it's just like Brown looks fast and Lamar Jack. They're fast anyway. Makes you look even faster. What the, a good look. The the color shoes or cleats that Mark hates, mm-hmm. orange. Orange? Yellow. No, Sorry, yellow. yellow. Sorry, not orange. it looks orange, like penalty yellow. flags. Yeah. Whenever, whenever they have the that that amazing game where they have a, my cause by cleats, which mm-hmm. you know players are dedicating to such wonderful causes. Oh yeah, I don't like that. I just hear Mark complaining about well, why do they have to be yellow? Because I they look like flags yep. everywhere, all over yep. the field. They look like flags, and the Chiefs have that. The Steelers have that sometimes. So I don't want to see it. Packers, obviously, I don't want to see it. Nope. So, uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense Lamar Jackson hasn't thrown for any yards. They, they called him a running back for all those years, so maybe that, maybe that puts that argument to rest. He, he liked to poke fun at it, too, whenever they talk about him being a quarterback. He would sort of mime the words running back. As running that's, quarterback that's, or whatever. Or he, they remember, back. Do you remember when he came out for the draft? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should you be a running back or a receiver? Now it seems ludicrous. Oh, my God. It's crazy ludicrous. to think about that because he's such a weapon with his speed – the ability not just to run for yards, but like we said, to run and keep plays alive. It's so cool to watch when you want to see the Colts get beat by them. Other than that, I want to see everybody else in the AFC suffer. You want to see everyone suffer. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more note. The the NFL is going to expand its international games, and they've picked three finalists for a German NFL game. So they'll have Mexico City which will come back, I assume, next year. There's no Mexico right. City game this year. London, of course. And now Dusseldorf, Frankfurt, and Munich are the three finalists for the German NFL game. All right, so here's a confession. I've been to Europe plenty of times. Never been to Germany. You've never been to Germany. I've been to Netherlands. I was born there, right? So I want the game in Amsterdam, but it's not going to happen. Uh, well, they but probably don't want the players or no, anybody else in Amsterdam. No, they don't want the players in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. <laughs> but right. they do want Germany because it was such a great market for NFL Europe. Right? Oh, right, market, meaning region, right? The whole country was terrific for NFL Europe. I think at the end they thought it's really NFL Germany. I think they had all the teams that were left in Germany and maybe London and Barcelona. I could be wrong about this, but Germany had the bulk of the teams because the Germans loved American football, and they still do, and this is going to be awesome. I would I'd sign up for this one. I'd sign up for this you would, trip. You'd want to go to Germany? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I went to London kicking and screaming – in the sense that, you know, you're working a long season. You're thinking, can we just play this game? That was a long game? trip, though. But mm-hmm. once we got there, I was like, this is very cool. It's very cool to be here. And all the fans who made the trip. And I know we have fans in Germany because they showed up in London to watch the Texans play the Jaguars two years ago. So Well, we have German Texan who sends in questions every single week on Waterbury. German Texan, His yes. name is German Texan. And then he also sends in questions for the pregame show. He is so excited. He hopes that the Texans go to Germany because – he is our biggest fan Eventually we in Germany. Will. Eventually we'll go to Germany, but we're going to go to Mexico City first, I believe. I do like the Mex- 
Mexico City. That's st- <laughs> that stadium was crazy big. It was crazy. How the please altitude, fix it up. The <laughs> altitude was re- poor Romeo Romeo Cornell in that altitude and going up and down. The, John the McClain and John McClain. But the lasers and the paper the airplanes. Laser. I mean, there were so many different storylines in that game. But it was, it was, it was real. The the opening ceremony of the game was just so amazing. That's one of those games. There are several games in Texans history where, gosh, it would have been so. I mean, every would game would be so good to win if you lose it, obviously. But the Dallas game in 2014 up there, the Mexico City mm-hmm. game. There are certain games that just, oh man, I would love, I would trade some of the wins to get a win on those particular occasions and have those memories. Well, we had one in London, and that was a fun flight that back because one. it's a long flight, and it's mm-hmm. much better to do it after a win than a loss. Hopefully, the Texans will be coming back from Indianapolis with a win as well because that's going to do it for Texans All Access. Coming up, John Harris with Texans Replay, and he does a great job of recapping the game and uh, giving you the highlights as well. And then this weekend, we've got Texans 360, Texans Extra Points. Saturday night is basically Texans TV all night long, so you're not going to want to miss it. But for everyone out there that's listening, thank you so much. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Hey, Texans fans. This season, Texans touchdowns aren't just big. They're jumbo. That's right. When your Houston Texans score two touchdowns during a game, you'll score a free jumbo jack with a large drink purchase at Jack in the Box the very next day. That means this season, your offense is playing hungry. So whether it's a home game or an away game, be sure to get loud and root on your offense. Don't be afraid to work up an appetite. Free burgers are on the line. So let's hear it, fans. Let's go Texans and let's go Jack.